we had a really incredible thing happen yesterday morning when Jennifer showed up at the house. Uh, we have our offices there. And uh, uh, she came in and she had, had an encounter just with the presence of God. And the Lord was on her and she told us that she just wanted to pray. She called in advance or texted and talked to Glenda and said when she got there, she just wanted to know if we could all just come in and pray and worship. And we did it. And um, um, we... Uh, been doing it ever since. <laughs> it went all day and all night and all day today. And, and, uh, and now we're here doing it with you. And when we're done here, we're going back home to our house and we're going to do it tonight after the meeting. And people are bringing their sleeping bags. You guys are looking at me like, what? A slumber party? Holy Ghost slumber party. Except we're not doing a lot. We're doing quite a bit of praying. But if you need to slumber, you can. And we're going to open it up to you to come and welcome you. And we don't know how long we're going to do it. But there's a, a, a waiting on the Lord. You know what happens when you wait on the Lord? Somebody tell me what happens when you wait on the Lord. Pardon? Yes. Where's that from? So you mean when you wait on the Lord, you renew your strength? Yeah. What else happens? Younger. Makes you younger? Yeah. What else does it do? Yeah. Makes you mount up with wings yeah. as eagles. Run and, you run and not be weary. Walk and so, not faint. Walk and not faint. Yeah. Come on, preach it now, yeah. sister. It's on you. <laughs> Sounds like you're the anointed one. Come get this mic in your hand. Come on. And so we, uh, we know that uh, the Lord has set aside right now. <laughs> Us unto him for something he wants to do. And there's been uh, several things about coming this year. Has anybody read the recent word by Chuck Paris? Anybody here? Anybody know who Chuck Pierce is? Go look up Chuck Pierce, Glory of Zion Ministries. And he um, <clears throat> he's very um, his ministry is incredible. He's quite a man, and uh, he's very high profile. And uh, leads a huge movement of intercession and prayer, of worship. Um, of course, it's very apostolic emphasis, apostles and prophets and fivefold ministry and the saints and glory. And he's released a word about the glory of God coming this year. And the glory will be so powerful that it'll begin to make everything shake under the weight of it. Everybody say, weighty. Anybody like the kabod? Yes. The weight oh, yes. of his glory. Uh, and there's things that's going to come because of this that are phenomenal. A whole new move of God. Anybody ready for a move of God? How many thankful for what we've got right now? Anybody want more? Yes. Anybody want a lot more? Yes. Is anybody so desperate you've got to have more? Yes. We're in desperate times. And we're in very vital times. And our nation is in vital times. And the church is in vital times. And the Lord is the solver of vital times. <laughs> Do I hear an amen? Amen. And he knows about it, and he foreknew it, and he's already set the course. 
And some are finding the way, the truth, and the life. Aren't you glad you found Jesus? Yeah. It's wonderful to know Jesus, but he has an entire kingdom that he wants to bring us into. And he's so cool that he can take it and put it inside of you. And unless you know it, you don't know it's there. Unless you're aware. Unless you intentionally say yes and agree and align with it. And then that kingdom inside of you, it's actually not just stuff, it's a realm of glory. A realm. And it's eternal. Has no end. And it has a government and peace and increase. And there shall be no end. No end to his vastness inside of you. Inside you are a portal into another realm. Yes. A door, a gate inside right now. Yes. You. And we have actually just stepped in through the door. Maybe we've, a few of us have walked this far or that far or maybe into it and partaken of it a little bit. And there is so much more of him. Makes me want to say, I got to have it. Yes. <laughs> got to have more of him. Yes. Not right now. I'm in a flow. I'm, I'm setting, setting the stage here for things. Thank you. And so in, in this whole thing that we're talking about in this visitation, that he is setting us up for. He set a time. And he's given us words that this year. How many have had a sense that we're so close to something it's unreal? How, how many have had a sense that. Now I'm going to go ahead and stretch out here. So here we go. Can we be real? Can we be real? Please. Or do we have to like play church? Oh, God. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to be real just for a second. Has anybody had a sense at, that comes on you at times of a terrible, dreadful thing is about to happen? Anybody? Can, can I see honesty besides me? One, two, three, four. Anybody had any sense that something bad could happen in our nation? I'm not talking about a bad thing happening to you personally, but something bad could happen. Uh, is there anything bad happening in Mexico right now? Yeah. <laughs> Murders, kidnappings, shooting police chiefs, mayors, assassinations. Yeah, is anything happening bad in the Middle East? Yes. How about Europe? Yeah. How about Asia? Yeah. Well, is it? Yes. I mean, do we actually walk around in a world where our head is stuck in the sand and we actually say, well, it's all good. Everything's good is happening. There's nothing bad. When there's people dying, suffering, starving to death, misery, all kinds of calamities are happening around the planet. Oh, but not in America. Nothing bad will happen here. But it has happened and it is. Not too long ago, Right up here in Oregon, they lined up Christians and shot them. 
brutally murdered, what was it, nine or 14? Children. Yeah. In school, in a college. Christians. And those kind of shootings in America have increased and increased and increased. There's more and more of them. Well, why are you telling us that? We can see that on the news because we need to talk about it in the church just like we need to talk about the reality of the answer, which is the glory of Christ and which is the gospel of the kingdom. And it is the only answer. And we have been put on the earth in this time for such a time of this as when the population of earth has increased. So evil has increased. Oh, no, it's getting better. I'm sorry. I love you. There's a lot more people getting saved. A lot of things good and wonderful. More good things that's ever happened in history is happening right now on the planet Earth. But there's more bad, too, and there's more hurting people. And we cannot disconnect from hurting people and praying and interceding for it. That's what our ministry is for. We intercede and pray. Because you know what God does? He changes it. I'm going to preach about that tonight. How there isn't anything he can't change. And the Lord's not just looking to come and fix calamities. He wants to fix you up in your hopes. So those calamities come knocking on your door. And you open the door and blast them away. Amen. You don't even have to open the door. Put the zapper on them by just putting up your hand and saying, Jesus' name. He wants to create something inside of us of faith in our prayers so that we never have to have any kind of walking in fear. Do you know every person that's in bondage are there because of fear of death? It says so in Hebrews 4. All bondage and everyone in bondage is held in bondage all their lifetime because of the fear of death. That's a verse. Yeah. Well, I don't believe that one. Then cut it out of your Bible. Cut it out of your Bible. While you're at it, cut all the other stuff out you don't like. When you're done, let's see what you have. You're hatchet, you're hatchet. I'm saying that for a reason. Because we, we're in the days. You know, but the church is only about the good news. Now, I'm going to, please, please hear me out. Don't turn me off. Please hear me out. This gospel of the kingdom is good news. But I have read it and searched it and studied it and sought it. And woven all through it is all kinds of bad news. Why is it in there? Why is it mixed with it? Because the good news is to deal with bad news. Well, why would God, Jesus, write it that way? Because we live on a fallen planet. How many of you know the devil is alive and well on planet Earth. Amen. Anybody believe there's demons and devils? Mm -hmm. We know they're defeated. Jesus defeated them. But guess what? They don't know it. We have to enforce his victory over them Amen. because they're rebels and they will do their own thing. Our faith and all the gifts of the Spirit and the anointing is given to give us charge over all the powers of darkness because they have stolen from us and they have some of our things. Everybody say things. things. Anybody have some things you want? Yes. Yeah. What's keeping you from getting them? The devil. Does anybody here have a need besides me? Any needs at all? Have any needs? Can you get those needs just anytime you want them? They just come to you? You have a need and they just show up? Does that happen for you? Every time you have a need, it just shows up. Come on, can we get real about the gospel? What the gospel is for? The gospel of the kingdom. Why do we need to pray? Anybody want to tell me why we need to pray? He said, you have not because you ask not. And then when you ask, 
Sometimes <laughs> things don't work out right because you ask just to get stuff that you want to heap on your own desires, your own lusts. I'm quoting scriptures. Oh, but that's not good news. You're telling me bad news. No, the Bible's full of good news, too. It says if you ask anything according to his will, he will give it to you. That's pretty good news, isn't it? So we want to find his will and everything. How do you know it's his will? Because you find it in his last will and testament called the new covenant. And it's hidden in the old covenant all through it. And if you search it, you'll find it. Tens of thousands of promises in the old covenant that belong to those who believe in Jesus and the new covenant. And then they reach into the old covenant and get that stuff with the stuff that's in the new covenant. And you get the double. Double, double. Everybody say double, double. Double, double. Or beyond. Because we have needs. We're people. Not, not, is your life just about your need? Did Jesus come for his need? No. He came for our need. So really simple. Oh, and the ability to pray and get answers. How many would like to get your prayers answered faster? Anybody here? How many are satisfied with the way it happens for you right now? Anybody here think maybe there's a little room for improvement? That it might could get better? Doesn't, does he want it to get better? Well, sure. Of his government, peace and increase, there will be no end. He wants you to constantly be growing in every area and your prayers to be answered more and more and more. It is his delight to answer our prayers. He wants to do that. Do you know you can't get your prayers answered unless you give? Oh, there goes a preacher. Now he's gonna do an offering. Well, yeah, we are gonna do that tonight, but that's not what I'm saying this for. If you want God to answer your prayers. You have to give. That's right. If you don't give, you don't get. What do you have to give? Time. Time for what? To pray. To ask. Your time is your life. Isn't it? See the common sense of how simple this all is? And yet we get to where we get fogged up and messed up and we miss the simplicity. And even the common sense of God, which is amazingly powerful. The highest revelation he's ever given me. And he's given me some really cool stuff. In the highest revelation he's given me, when I start asking him how to do it, he starts taking me into common sense things and practical things and things that are possible. And if the things that aren't possible, if I will give him something, he will make what's impossible for me come into a possibility. That's how miracles happen. By the way, how many like miracles? Have you read about miracles in 1 Corinthians 12? People say the gift of miracles. Do you know it doesn't say the gift of miracles? There's no, no such thing as the gift of miracles in the nine gifts of the Spirit. There's no, no gift of miracles there. It's not there. It's called the working of miracles. It's the gift of the working of miracles. Making it practical. There is something. God wants to work a miracle, but he wants you to work with him. He loves it when we, he likes hooking up with us and creating a co-op. Partnering with us in everything. Everything. 
when we realize that God wants to do some things in our personal lives, and if we, you know, if we're really a person of love and we're starting to mature, we're constantly looking at others. And God's really cool. As you mature, you love people and meet people and you start getting involved with them. And then you meet a mate and you get married and suddenly you got to take care of this other person. And then in your love relationship, then you have offspring. They're called rugrats, gremlins. She's not listening. You get children and oh boy. Anybody know about love now? Suddenly love takes on a new meaning, doesn't it? Does it cost you? Yes. Do you ever have to suffer to raise children? Okay, but what about if you don't have children? You're just married. Do you have to suffer to have a marriage? Yes. Come on, guys. We got to wake up. Come on. Hear this? Some of you can identify life is on purpose filled with challenges for a reason. If he didn't want you to have to overcome some things and there be something produced through it that's glorious. Because everything God does, he does to bring us into himself more and more and more and into his very image and likeness. And he is called the God of glory. And everything that exudes from him, his love light is glory, and it creates. And it's nothing but good. And there's no shadows cast from him. And there's no darkness that comes out of him at all. His love is pure light. It's glorious. And it creates and it moves into your life. And he wants us to move into that life with him. So everything in life that's really important will cost you, won't it? Well, will it? Will it cost you? Well, tell me how to get it without suffering. Well, if, you know, <laughs> if there's no suffering involved, you probably won't think much of it when you get it. And it'll have no value on it. But it has great joy. The obtaining. The price you may pay to get something. Not to get it from the Lord, because... God doesn't want you to go through all this stuff to get anything from him. But he tells you he has it available for you. Some of the stuff and the things you want have been captured by the enemy of your soul. The kingdoms of this world are ruled over by the God of this world, Satan. And he doesn't want to give it up. He wants to keep you from it. And Jesus has already came and knocked his teeth out and told him, it's all mine now. But he didn't take it away from, it's still there in his domain and you have to go get it. And so he gave you his name, his authority, gave you everything he is, and he says, go and put a demand on it. You know what a lot of your prayer is for? To bring you into a total agreement with God. I've noticed, you ever notice when you spend time with God, the more you pray, the more you find yourself wanting to pray things that completely put you in agreement with Him? If you're praying things that don't agree with Him, 
you can't go on and on in that very long. You'll start wanting to stop saying that and start saying how good he is and how wonderful and how you've provided and how your abundance is coming. Lord, you have paid for it all. And you've promised me and I, I believe it. And you, you don't want to start cross-currenting him. You want to align with him. Prayer brings you into alignment because we have a tendency to wander away from that alignment and that agreement. When he brings us into agreement with him, things begin to change. And he wants to bring us there by our own free will. And there may be some things holding on to you that are holding you from aligning with him. And so prayer is to get those things off of you to where you start pushing them away from you. You don't want them. Because then his nature starts glowing in you. And that alignment in one with him, he says, oh, now we're cooperating together. And the main reason he wants to do it is not to give you the thing you're praying for, but to produce his nature in you. It's the highest thing. Because he wants companions that are like him. How many want a right companion? How many like the kind of friends that, you know, you can connect with? And if you just grind with them, you, they, they're hard to want to be around. And that's the way God wants us to be. So you adjust in relationships. Isn't this simple? Yes. So I, I have a message I want to share with you. I'm sharing it with you. I'm setting the stage for it right now. Over the next few weeks, there's going to be more and more messages about faith that will cause you. Faith is actually agreement with God. It's a substance. It creates an evidence. When you agree with him, suddenly everything he is and everything he has becomes yours. And everything you are and everything you have becomes his. It's beautiful. It's like a marriage. And it's very powerful. And so faith. Anybody want to have more faith? I believe we need faith. It's another thing that we have inside of us that we don't use, that we're aware of. It can be developed. Faith is really not about principles. Faith is more about a relationship. See, real faith never fails. Faith that's founded on fellowship with the Father won't fizzle and fail in the fight. Anybody want me to say that again? Yes. The true faith is fellowship with the Father. It's founded on that. Because in that fellowship, then you become so one, you can hear his very thoughts. And faith comes by hearing and hearing his words. The words that are in the Bible start coming into your thoughts. The hunger to read them, to hear them with your natural ears and your natural eyes starts building in you and it wants you, it puts you in the word. Makes you hungry for God to seek and knock and ask, to find him. Because these impressions, these promptings start rising up in you in the Holy Spirit when you pray and fellowship. Jesus said, henceforth, ask me nothing. As a matter of fact, he said, from now on, you should not ask me for anything, but you should ask the Father in my name. Then he says an amazing thing, and I will give it to you. Or no, it says he will give it to you. The Father will give it to you when you ask in his name. Name's amazing thing. I can mention a name. Donald Trump. Everybody just had a picture of Donald Trump. You had a picture of your um, impression of him. 
your perception of him by his name. I mentioned his name and you had feelings and thoughts, a picture, boom, popped into your consciousness. What pops into your consciousness when I say Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Oh my goodness, wow! <coughs> Somebody's name's amazing. People ask you, what's your name? They want to hear your name because they people identify with names because it, it reminds them, it puts a perception, a thought in them. We hear a name we've never heard, we go, wow, that's an interesting name. I've never heard that one before. What does it mean? Where'd you get that? It, what, what, what language is that? Or et cetera. And it makes an inquisitive thing turn on. A switch inside of us reaches out for understanding. It's the beginning of relationship. So in my name, you can ask the Father. When you ask the Father, the Father hears the name of Jesus. The Father instantly thinks of something. The name of my son. And he has all of this perception of his son floods into him. And it overwhelms him. With love. And when you ask affectionately anything of the Father in the name of Jesus, when you ask in faith, and he knows that you love him and believe in him, this perception pops into his makeup. He knows you're going to ask in his name before you ask. Of course, he's God. But there's something in the asking that throws on the switch in him. And he sees your identity with him and your oneness and everything inside of him. Suddenly is turned on towards you about his son. And he is his son of completely. Imagine my father in my name, and he'll fill with this desire to give you everything. Just for, just for one moment's practice. And think of how, be filled with gratitude for what he's done for you. And how, what you think of him. And let it come out in his name. And when you do, immediately expect that he's going to give you back Jesus and everything Jesus wants to give you. Anybody want to say his name affectionately with me? Jesus. I'm going to continue this and do a couple more things, but I want to do something. Brother, weren't you going to do something tonight? Can, can we do that right now? I feel like the Lord wants to do that right now. We're going, to, we're going to move over into this, and then I'm going to come back and finish what I'm sharing with you. And uh, then we're going to give you a chance to do an offering and then do some personal ministry. Okay?
that I am restored when you call I won't refuse each new day I cannot choose there is no one else for me none but Jesus crucified to set me free now I live to bring you praise in the chaos in confusion, I know you're sovereign still. In the moment of my weakness, you give me grace to do your will.
Thank you, Marcus. That was awesome. That's what I'm talking about right there. The one that we go to. Our Father God in the name of the one who set us free. When you approach God with the power of that anointing, that that song carries such a weightiness of the one we love. When you go to God with that in your heart, you can be desperate. You can be hurting. You can even be upset over something and say, Jesus, where are you? What? Why? All that. He looks down inside of you and sees that heart cry that's in every one of us. That gratitude, that thanksgiving. Father looks in you and sees no one else has set me free. But Jesus. He sees that and it moves him. You have just become, to him, you have become Jesus. Because you are hid in Christ, in God. Because he's in you. And it's no longer you that lives. But it's Christ living in you. I'm telling you, your prayers are so powerful. There's nothing he will withhold from you when we walk uprightly. The theme verse for tonight about this, Jesus walking along with his disciples and he was on his way somewhere in Jerusalem. He was hungry and he looked over and saw a fig tree and he went over the fig tree. Now I personally believe he knew the fig tree didn't have any figs on it but it had no figs on it. And his disciples went over there with him. And he said to the fig tree, he said, from now on, you're not going to ever bear fruit again. And they went on into town. And they spent their time there in town. They came back by. The tree was dead. It was withered up. And the disciples said, Lord, you said that just a few hours ago, and this tree is, it's now dead. And he said, yes. He wanted to teach him something. He said, yes, and if you will have the same kind of faith as God, or have the God kind of faith. And he was saying, I have the God kind of faith, and that's what I did this with. Now, if you will have the God kind of faith and just say, everybody say, say. say. To the mountain. This mountain, he said. They were actually on the Mount of Olives when he did that. And he said, if you will say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. And doubt not. Everybody say, doubt not. not. And doubt not in your heart. Now, if you've been taught your heart is exceedingly deceitful and wicked, and who can know it, and you bought into that from Jeremiah, I think it's chapter 9 or 19. It's a verse that's speaking to a nation that's offering their children on idols and on, on the fire and, and they're wicked and totally fallen away from God. And he said, your hearts are exceedingly deceitful and wicked. Now, if you believe that your heart is wicked and deceitful, that you can't trust your heart, if you've ever been taught that, and a lot of you in this room have not been, some of you have. You've heard that teaching. Can I ask for a show of hands of anybody that's heard 
you can't trust your heart. Your heart is exceedingly deceitful and wicked, and you know, don't trust your heart. How, how many, raise your hand, let me see. See, at least half of you have had that, because it's common teaching in most churches. Not even realizing that Ezekiel 36, 26 says in that day, Father God, in that day, he will give you a new spirit. And he will give you a new heart. What happened to you when you were born again? You got a new what? New heart and a new spirit. So your heart is no longer exceedingly deceitful and wicked when you're born again. Now if you're taught that and you're taught to keep your heart pure and guard your heart with all diligence, not let stuff get in there, then it's not going to have doubt in it. But if there is doubt and you sense doubt, when you are going to ask or say to a difficulty, you have to leave in Jesus' name. If you sense that doubt, all you have to say is, I cast the doubt down. I do not believe and will not believe in doubt being in my heart. In Jesus' name. Will you say that again, Pardon? I would say that again. When that doubt comes into your heart, into your thoughts, you're commanding or you're praying or you're believing God for something, and you sense and feel like you're doubting, it is not the truth. Your heart is recreated by God and meant to be pure. And you can dismiss the doubt and say, oh no. No, I'm not doubting in my heart. I won't let you or nothing there convince me of that at all. The blood of Jesus has changed me. Did you hear what I just said? He said that for a reason because he knew the tendency was for the carnal mind of every human being to be carnal and for doubt, a seed of doubt to come into your thoughts. When you're praying or saying, the things of God, because we're talking right now about praying and saying. I'm going to be done with this in a minute right now. But I want you to get this tonight about the name of Jesus. When you say, Jesus, my heart's pure. Your feelings, your mind, it, thoughts can, you can have all kinds of things telling you. Trying to convince you, trying to impress on you that you're a doubter. It's not going to happen. And those are lies. They're lies. Because your spirit is recreated. But it's in a battle against the flesh. Everybody say the flesh. flesh. That's the old person still in your memory banks, even though it's been put to death because of the cross. And it still wants to pop up with the way it would do things. You don't have to believe it. Learn to dismiss. Jesus said, have the same kind of faith as God. <clears throat> Does anybody here think the enemy tried to make Jesus doubt? Oh, yeah. Was he tested in all ways like we are? He was constantly being tempted. He was ridiculed, hated, just wasn't guilty of to try to make him not believe in who he was anymore. That even he, as a man, was going to have to say, Oh no, I'm with your chooser as to whether you're a believer or whether you're not. Of your will. And your will has been made free. The temptation will be to doubt. Doubt. Just say, Oh, you're dismissed. Talk to it. Tell it to be removed. The sea of forgetfulness. You will start forgetting doubt. Now, this faith of the Son of God works. Oh, some of the stuff that I experience and what happens. I've seen my family all saved. 
I've seen God do, I've seen revivals in nations. I've seen cancer victims, people raised from the two, three hours later, within a matter of minutes, I've seen them get out of their death. I myself was laying on my deathbed. I'd lost almost, got a phone call from my dad. The phone, felt all encouraged. Phone rang again, I picked it up against a prophet. It belongs to your son, give it to him and let go of it. And you'll get up healed and go. And I said, what do you mean? He said, God told you to give it to him. Dad called me and prayed for me. And then I got instruction of something I could do to co-op. Bang! Hung up the phone. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, he, by the way, he said, I command a healing to come into you. It was already at work because my dad, and he double-dosed it. I flushed, filled with, called the doctor, pushed the button, told him to come in there. I said, you got to get me out of here. He said, well, you can't go out of here. You're you're almost dead. And I said, I'm not now, I'm healed. Please hear me. I've experienced the stuff I'm talking about. Well, I don't know about that, brother. I kind of doubt. What? You what? You, what? 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 I'm talking about Jesus here like this with the testimony of Jesus Christ. And doubt will tr- come and try to steal the seed right out of your heart before it can even bear fruit. Mark 4. Anybody want to learn how to have faith that moves every mountain? Anybody want to have their prayers answered when they pray and know when you say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Now I give you all the praise. It's done. And, and be so filled with a knowing that you become a magnet attracting it right into your life. Jesus said out of the good treasure of a good man, out of the good treasure of a good man's heart brings forth the very thing you want. You've got a tractor beam inside of you. And it's a viable force called faith. Guard your heart with all diligence for out of it come the forces of life. Oh, I love the faith of the Son of God. Who gave you your faith? Jesus. How did he do that? He stepped inside of you. That's who you are. And you were created to deal with all this bad stuff that's around you. And, and go and find the hidden riches that are hidden there in the darkness. Because every dark thing has a treasure lying behind it. So it's shrouded with the darkness of evil and sin. And the blood of Jesus is more than enough. One drop. Oh, I'm excited about this. This is the year of a faith coming to us. I'm I'm telling you things tonight. I'm saying things I've never preached. God downloaded me with a gift of faith for the year 2016. And I am so excited. Well, that's going to bring warfare. I hope so. Because every one of them are holding on to something that belongs to Jesus Christ. And he already told them to let it go. I just need to remind them. I just need to agree. And be a part of the co-op. That is the double witness. Because Jesus said, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, everything's going to be established. That's why our agreement is so powerful. Double, double. Come on, say it. Come on, come on. Let it come. 
And Jesus said, when you say the mountain be removed, be cast in the sea, and doubt not in your heart, but believe the things that you say will come to pass. You'll have whatever you say. And then he said, and when you pray, What's, and then he said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. When do you receive them? When you're doing your praying. When, when you, you pray. pray. <laughs> How many believe when you pray, you got it? So you're going to say and you're going to pray. You're going to say to whatever the hindrance is, Go away. You're going to call it forth in your prayer. And then you're going to pray. And whatever you pray, it's going to happen when you pray. But what if it doesn't just appear in front of me? It'll appear in your heart. And if it appears in your heart, it's a treasure. And if it's in your heart, out of the good treasure of your heart, we'll bring it forth. It'll bring it into existence. It will create it if it's not made. Woo! Oh, I like that. It really will. That's what the scripture says, what it says. And if God doesn't have, he said, whatever you ask for, he'll give it to you. Look it up in the Greek. It says, if it is not in existence, he'll create it. Any creators in the house? Now think of the power of your conversation. And by the way, your conversation gets better if you pray. You ever notice when you spend a lot of time with God, your conversation gets more loving and kind and pure and faithful and gentle and bold and courageous and fearless and wild and happy and intoxicating. Let's stand up for a minute. We're, we're, we're almost finished. Don't you stand up, lift your hands, and praise God right now. I'm going to ask you to give an offering. We're not going to make a big deal out of it. We have uh, cards if you need a card. I'd like whoever's helping on this to be available. You can make a check out to Eagle's Nest. Uh, I, I'd just like to say something right here. When you go to a restaurant and get something to eat, don't you always pay for it? Consider the Lord what you can. God's just given you a food. Ask him what he can do for that. It's not an obligation. There's no obligation. No obligation at all. But you're going to walk out of here tonight. If there isn't an ability to sow into this offering, would you ask the Lord something you can do to go help somebody some way. Maybe it's a word. Maybe you're going to go forgive an enemy. Maybe you're going to go show some love to somebody. Think in your heart right now how you can give back because of what the, He has just given you. And involve your praying and your saying in it and watch and see what happens. And expect a miracle because when you do, you're going to step over into the working with God and miracles can happen your life. In Jesus' name. How many believe that's true? Anybody want to praise God for that? You know what I think I need to do? I'm going to lead you in something. I'm going to lead you into a declaration of your faith. Okay? Yeah. Would, you, would you do that with me? You don't have to. But if you'd like to say this with me right now, Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that when I mention his name, you see my heart and you love me because I love your son. You are my father and I know you will withhold no good thing from me because I walk uprightly. Any area I'm not, you show me. I will align with you. I love you. 
I want your help. Every area of my life. I know you're going to bless me. I thank you for faith. That I can speak to the mountains. Of adversity. The mountains that I stand before. And they're going to go away. And I will not doubt in my heart. I dismiss it. It's not welcome to find a home in my heart. It must go somewhere else. And I thank you that my heart is filled with childlike faith. My daddy can do it. He loves me and he wants to. Not only that, he's already done it for me if I receive it because Jesus paid for it with his blood. I'm a conqueror. I'm victorious. I speak victorious things. I bless everybody everywhere I go. And I have favor because I give them good news about Jesus. And I love them because he first loved me. Come on, let's praise him for that. Thank you, Father.